Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission of truth. Well, this morning we are resuming our study in the book of Romans. We are ready for chapter 7. Now, chapter 7 is a very short yet full of important information type of chapter. Uh, now, it's important to note that you know chapters were something that were added at some point. Originally, the manuscripts were, it was just a letter, right? So, the overarching theme is the same. And what we're getting ready to read in chapter 7 is really just a continuation of the teaching that because of our coming to Christ and becoming a new creature, we are not only saved from the penalty of sin, but also saved from the power of sin. And this is an important distinction that seems to be lacking, I would say, in modern Christianity. Uh, Modern Christianity teaches, you know, come to Christ and receive salvation, but it doesn't teach come to Christ and be transformed become something new, which is what should happen when you become a Christian, which is not to say that this is an overnight process. It's a process that takes place throughout your entire life. You've heard me say, I'm not who I want to be, but I'm not who I used to be, right? We're growing. We're changing. The person who's walked with Christ for 25 years ought to have a higher standard of righteousness and holiness than the person who just come who had just come to know Christ. But that's not always the case. You should be growing in righteousness and holiness, not to earn and obtain salvation, but because of it. With that said, Paul is going to remind us that there's a war between two beings within us. Our old self that used to be in complete and utter slavery, bondage to sin, and then our new person who wants to do what's right but doesn't always do what's right, and how there's that battle, and how the Christian is grieved by sin, whereas the non-believer perfectly okay with it, doesn't even view it as evil. And so those are kind of the themes that we're addressing today in Romans chapter 7. I hope I do a good job, and I pray in the powerful name of Jesus that there'll be an anointing over this morning's reading that it would pierce your hearts and cause you to draw closer to Him. So with that backdrop, let's begin Romans chapter 7. Verse 1. Actually, let me start with the last couple of verses of chapter 6, just so it runs together properly. Starting with verse 20 in chapter 6, he says, For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. Therefore, what benefit were you then, deriving from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the outcome of those things is death. But now, having been freed from sin and enslaved to God, 
you derive your benefit, resulting in sanctification and the outcome eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Chapter 7, verse 1. Or do you not know, brethren, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law has jurisdiction over a person as long as he lives. For the married woman is bound by law to her husband while he is living, but if her husband dies, she is released from the law concerning the husband. So then if while her husband is living she is joined to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from the law, so that she is not an adulteress, though she is joined to another man. Therefore, my brethren, you also were made to die to the law through the body of Christ, so that you might be joined to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit for God. For while we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in the members of our body to bear fruit for death. But now we have been released from the law, having died to that by which we were bound, so that we serve in newness of spirit and not in oldness of the letter. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? May it never be. On the contrary, I would have not come to know sin except through the law, for I could have not known about coveting if the law had not said, You shall not covet. But sin, taking an opportunity through the commandment, produced in me coveting of every kind. For apart from the law, sin is dead. I was once alive apart from the law. But when the commandment came, sin became alive and I died. And this commandment, which was to result in life, proved to, be, proved to result in death for me for sin. Taking an opportunity through the commandment deceived me, and through it killed me. So then the law is holy, and the commandment is holy, and righteous, and good. So out of the gate, you know, Paul's talking about, you know, if it weren't for the law, I wouldn't know that coveting is sinful, right? For if the law had not said, thou shalt not covet, how could I be guilty of breaking it, right? But, but because I do know it, now I've got a problem. And, but the, the main point he's making, but now, because of Christ, we're no longer a slave to the letter of the law. It's, it's written in our hearts. It's in our spirit. See, when you become a believer, you're indwelled with the Holy Spirit. You become a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things come become new, as the scriptures say. If you're trying to obtain salvation by observing the law, you're, you're, you have failed, as we all fail, because we've all fallen short of the glory of God, and we all have a sin nature. We've all sinned. John says, if you say you're without sin, you're a liar, and the truth is not in you. But if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Verse 13, therefore, did that which is good become a cause of death for me? 
See, he's making a point that I'm because of the law, I'm dead, right? Because I've broken it, I've transgressed it. So, the, it, but does that mean the law itself is bad? No, the law is basically a mirror revealing the problem. Therefore, did that which is good become a cause of death for me? May it never be. Rather, it was sin in order that it might be shown to be sin by affecting my death through that which is good, so that through the commandment sin would become utterly sinful. Please note, now we're going to read uh, the next few verses here which deal with, so verses 14 through 25, deals with the conflict of the two natures. Here's what he says, and then I'm going to read a little bit of commentary from Matthew Henry. For we know, verse 14, we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of flesh, sold into bondage to sin. For what I am doing I do not understand, for I am not not practicing what I would like to do, but I am doing the very thing that I hate. But if I do the very thing that I do not want to do, I agree with the law, confessing that the law is good. So please note what he's saying there. He's saying, sometimes I don't do the good thing that I want to do. But I do that thing that I hate to do it. But by hating it, I'm agreeing that the law itself is good, right? That's why I hate it. That's why I hate it when I mess up. That's why I hate sin when it's welling up in me or temptations welling up in me and it's in my flesh is drawing me away from the things of God, I hate that thing because I agree that the law is good and what God has commanded is good. Verse 17, So now, no longer am I the one doing it, but it's the sin which dwells in me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, For the willing is present in me, but the doing of the good is not. He's saying, I really want to do it, but I don't always do it. For the good that I want, I do not do. But I practice the very evil that I do not want. But if I'm doing the very thing I do not want, I am no longer the one doing it, but the sin which dwells in me. So let me just take a minute. Let me just read some commentary from Matthew Matthew Henry to you about this, uh, verses 14 through 17. He says, compared with the holy rule of conduct in the law of God, the apostle found himself so very short of perfection that he seemed to be carnal like a man who has sold against his will to a hated master from whom he cannot set himself at liberty. A real Christian unwillingly serves this hated master, yet cannot shake off the galling chain till his powerful and gracious friend above rescues him. The remaining evil of his heart is a real and humbling hindrance to serving God. As angels do, and the spirits have just made perfect, the strong language was a result of St. Paul's great advance in holiness and the depths of his self-abasement and hatred of sin. Try to understand what Matthew Henry is saying and what Paul is saying. 
it's not Paul's not like bragging like you know I, yep I'm just a, a lot of people take this verse and use it as an excuse well just like Paul said I you know unfortunately I just do the thing I hate Paul's not talking about his everyday way of living here's what happens the more you grow in righteousness and holiness because you're growing closer to God the more aware you are of your sinful nature and it's humbling and it should be humbling because the more holy you get now it's let me put it this way when you first become a christian you know some of the big things you're you become aware of some of the things that are just clearly spelled out in the 10 commandments and you're like okay i'm trying to do better about those things as you grow with god and as you become more like his son now even the smallest of little things that you start to recognize as sinful behavior. You start to recognize, mm, am I, are my motives pure in this thing that I'm doing right here? And, and, and it's humbling, right? Because you're like, wow. Uh, I, you know, I've been doing this a long time, but I'm, I'm just real, I'm, more and more I'm realizing just how filthy I am. And just how big the sin problem is. And and even the smallest of little things are big things to you now. Why? Because you care about the law. You care about righteousness and holiness. You care about serving Christ and doing it right. And this is what Paul is wrestling with. He's not giving you the okay to go walk in your filth. He's, he's saying, I recognize this problem within myself, and I absolutely despise it. Because a true Christian should despise and hate sin. I hope I made that point clear. But I am doing the very thing I do not want. I am no longer the one doing it, but the sin which dwells in me. Verse 21, I find then the principle that evil is present in me. The one who wants to do the good. For I joyfully concur with the law of God in the inner man. But I see a different law in the members of my body waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin which is in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, on the one hand, I myself with my mind am serving the law of God, but on the other hand, with my flesh, the law of sin. And that is actually where chapter 7 ends. He's recognizing the sinful condition that we all were born into. But please remember that the theme of the book so far is that you have been, you're, you choose sin sometimes, but you don't have to because you're no longer under the bondage of sin, meaning it's no longer your master. But because we have this flesh being that's still part of us until we have a re completely new body at the resurrection, we, the, man, the new man that's in us who wants to do good, who wants to serve God, who wants to walk righteously and, and walk in holiness and who wants to be obedient is at war with the flesh who wants to gratify itself. 
and it's a it's a fight that never will end <laughs> until death or until that trumpet blast but as you walk with God and as you become closer to Christ you'll walk more rightly more righteously I'm not who I want to be today when I look in the mirror I'm not proud of every decision and every thought that I made yesterday but man, when I think about who I was before I came to know Christ, I'm not who I used to be. And I'm being renewed and I'm a new creature. And now even though sometimes I do things that aren't right in the eyes of God, I hate it when that happens. I hate that sin. And I recognize within myself that I am a wretched man in desperate need of grace and mercy from above. That's all I have for you this morning, my friends. I hope I've done this chapter some justice. I know that I didn't get everything covered, and, and I certainly may not have even interpreted everything right, but I pray you've been touched this morning. Thanks for listening. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Uh, it's, it's far beyond what I deserve. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless. <laughs>